Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. For tuning in tonight it is Toronto and Baltimore in Major League Baseball 3-3 in the bottom of the third. Orioles with the man on third with one out. They're trying to go ahead. The Blue Jays did sweep that doubleheader from uh, Baltimore yesterday. So the Jays looking pretty good in that chase for a wild card spot. Of course, uh, right here on Ched yesterday, you heard the Elks lose 26-18 to Calgary. And uh, if you missed me talking about it last night, we had her on the show last week from Mexico Edmonton great boxer Jelena Mergenovic losing a unanimous decision to Erica Cruz. So Cruz hangs on to that WBA featherweight belt. Elks and Stampeders Saturday, Brickfield to Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage will start with the countdown to kickoff at 4.30, the game at 6. And my next guest is Mr. Versatile in the 6.30 Ched Sports Department. He hosts that countdown to kickoff show and the points after show after Elks games. He's the producer of Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. He sometimes fills in for Bob hosting that show. He sometimes fills in as the host of this show. And I believe he does, as they like to say on job postings around the world, other duties as required. I'm pleased to welcome to Inside Sports, Brendan Escott. Escott, how's it going? It's going great, Wilkie, and frankly, with the amount of work I'm doing around the station, I'm surprised anybody needs an introduction at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for uh, hopping on tonight after a... Lloyd, and you yeah. also read the afternoon sportscasts on 6.30, Chet. How could I forget that? Because at the very yeah. least, I always hear you before my own show uh, at 6 o'clock. So there, how long have you been at the station now? Time kind of blurs for me. Uh, it will be four years on the nose when the Elks and Stamps kick off the rematch on Friday, September 10th, which is hard to believe. I mean, if you think about, oh, a five-year plan of some kind, you know, here we are already in year four of this and loving every minute of being in the business. So, yeah, it's, it's been a long, long time now. Now, remind me, uh, and perhaps you're not reminding me, you may be telling me for the first time, because uh, as you know, I'm not the warmest guy around the office. <laughs> We're, you're not even around the office. <laughs> that, that's a good point. It's a, it's a bit of a dream come true for me, just avoiding people altogether. Uh, where did you work before, Chet? Uh, this is my first industry job, to be honest with you. This uh, I, With the Crusaders, I suppose, the Sherwood Park Crusaders, I was doing in tandem for the first couple of years, and both of those I got right out of my first year of uh, Nate's program. So it was a quick transition for me into the workforce, and we've been grinding ever since. Well, uh, well-deserved. I, I was thinking, so Jay Onright was just on the show, a uh, longtime friend of mine. You know the story there. I was Jay's practicum student at the summer of, in the summer of 1999, as it says on his bio, at a 
television station in Saskatoon. It was the global station. I don't know why it doesn't say that. Uh, so Jay obviously went on to a Big Breakfast, a channel Winnipeg, and then has been on the national scene, either in Canada or the United States, for about two decades. And uh, it was funny because... Uh, you know, Jay and I, until the last couple of years, we would see each other at least once a year. Uh, you know, I would try to go and visit uh, visit him and his family in Toronto, maybe spend four or five days there. Sometimes he might come to Edmonton for, uh, you know, a speaking engagement or he had to go back to, back to Athabasca. So if we could squeeze, squeeze in a night or two to hang out, uh, we would do that here in Edmonton. And he inevitably gets uh gets recognized two 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 things i want to throw uh, then i'll then i'll let you talk more uh, i'm such a giving host aren't i uh so so first of all one uh, the last time i was i think it was the last time i was there in 2019 jay and i are walking down uh, a street pretty close to his house and i i can't remember all the, it was bloor or carlton or one of the main ones in toronto and we're walking along and i see this guy you know that we're walking towards kind of you know, looking at Jay, and I could tell he was trying not to make it obvious he was looking at Jay, but in doing so, he made it even more obvious that he was looking at Jay. And I'm thinking, you know, Jay's the nicest guy in the world. Like, when people come up to him, he acts like he's he's known you for 20 years, and he'll just chat with people and, and you know, take a picture or whatever. It's, so finally, this guy changes his trajectory that he's walking on and comes up to Jay, and this is what he says. Hey. I know who you are, eh? <laughs> that's, that's how he chooses. That's all he can muster, eh? Instead of like, hey, aren't you Jay Onright? Or, hi, Jay, I'm a fan of your show. Hey, I know who you are. And then I'm like, okay, we got to get out of here because I don't know what this guy's deal is. And then the other quick story here is, and I'm, give, I'm giving you time to think about your broadcasting idols and influences because I want to hear from you on that. So Jay and I were uh, having a beverage again at an establishment in Toronto. And at the uh, at the table next to us were three guys, I think probably in their mid to late twenties. And and Jay and I are are uh, chatting, you know, catching up, having a good time. Two buddies uh, out having a nice evening. And uh, these three guys are at this table next to us, and fa- like fairly close by. It was a relatively kind of cramped place. And Jay and I are mid sentence, and you know, I can hear these guys next to us. Whatever they're talking about are kind of mid sentence. And then all of a sudden, the one guy. St- stops what he's doing and turns to our table and he's like look i can't help myself anymore jay i'm such a big fan of your show i can't sit next to you and not talk to you <laughs> so, <laughs> you got a little loud jay's like yeah today. nice to talk to you so we chatted for them for a bit and then jay went up to to, to go to the washroom and then you know they they say well how, how you know how do you know jay so i gave the the five second answer and then this the, the one guy that talked to him said I, I'm so thrilled to meet him, and he said, I, I, I wasn't a sports fan. And then when I was in university, I, I lived in a house with a bunch of guys who were all sports fans, and, and the, it would always be on TSN, and the morning loop, would they, they would just leave the, the TV on, and Jay's morning loop would be playing. So if they're starting classes at a different time, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
time. You know, it's all there for whoever to watch the highlights. And he said, I just thought Jay was so funny and his humor pulled me in. And then as a result, this guy started following sports. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. Okay. So for you, uh, give me, uh, you know, however many you want, but big, uh, the, the big names or, or the, the big influence in your life, sports broadcasters that, that you looked up to or influenced you to get into the business. For me, like play by play was such a passion for me, and it remains that way for for so long. So immediately, my mind jumps to Jim Hewson being from um, from BC. Of course, getting the Canucks regional broadcast growing up as a kid, and him calling the West Coast Express line before um, before moving on to I guess kind of the prime time of Hockey Night in Canada for the last several years. So Jim Hewson for for nostalgic purposes, uh, and yeah. Actually, somebody that I, I happened to cross paths with catching, um, I think it was about 2015, I was down there for a playoff game and just bumped into him and, and you got to take the shot, right? And you do it with a, as much decorum as you can. So he wasn't with his family. He wasn't eating a meal, you know, the, the typical no-nos. He was just kind of walking around outside uh, Rogers Arena and I was able to, I am Mr. Houston, Mr. Houston. And at that time I was going to journalism school, not broadcasting school. So uh, I was able to tell him a little bit about that and, you know, kind of got the the typical stick with it advice. And, and it was just neat to have that human sort of experience with, with him because in Kamloops, you don't, you don't necessarily get a lot of that. Although I will say, uh, you know, being from the smaller town, like there's only a couple of people that are on air on the TV station. So there's celebrities too. Um, Jay is like it almost seems for my era that Jay is the cliched answer read like this is where we're at with it because um, he he even he knows he made the joke about the 10th grader getting ready to go to high school at Harry Ainley in the last half hour like that was what I grew up on and so being the sports fan and and watching these two guys do their thing and entertaining and there was there was no way to not be pulled in by that kind of thing it was it was ritualistic so uh you know the fact that you had the privilege of knowing him the way that you did i think is is like most guys that i went to high school with that like sports they would dream of an opportunity to to just shoot the breeze with jay because he seems like such a genuine guy and now knowing you the way that i know you and seeing how similar you guys are when you interact on the air i can tell exactly how you know genuine jay jay must be they always say that the best professional wrestlers are sort of just themselves but really amped up to the 11th degree and i think that that's what jay radiates and and dan did that for for a long long time too and the two of them together were able to just like again i say it was just something captivating so for me as somebody who really enjoyed english and then was watching these guys do their thing i'm like yeah i bet you there's a career path here um yeah jay on right certainly at the top of my list again houston up there and maybe on a smaller scale, there's some people out there that are going to know John Keane, who's the uh, voice of the Kamloops Blazers and has been for, I believe, about 12 or 13, maybe 14 seasons now, previously with uh, Swift Current. And I just loved his style. I loved the way that he was able to lose himself in the energy of the game and let that sort of carry the, the tone and the tenor of his, of his call. Yeah, I love how you talk about those guys. And, and you're right with Jay. I mean, he is genuine. He is, he's got a great sense of humor. I mean, he's, he's done stand-up comedy in the, in the past. And uh, I, I know every once in a while, 
whether people know I know him or not, say, so you know, I've had some people say to me, well, I don't like that Jay Enright guy. He's so weird. And I was like, well, that's kind of the point. You know, if you if you don't <laughs> think it's funny or you don't get it or it doesn't drive with you, yeah, you won't like him. But uh, he certainly made it work for himself. And he's a, we're talking about him like he's retired. He probably still has a lot of years left, even though his show doesn't have a title sponsor. Uh, Brandon Escott joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, Labor Day game yesterday. Uh, what can I tell you? The Elks lose uh, yet another game by two scores or less of their uh, nine losses. Six of them have been by 14 points or less. And you know, I think a game that's decided by 14 or less is close. And you know, the, the, you look at some of those double-digit losses. Yes, they lost by 10 and 11 to Saskatchewan. They were leading in the fourth quarter both games. Uh, they lost by 14 to Winnipeg and basically spent the entire game down a touchdown that they couldn't get until Winnipeg put the game away. Um, maybe just some thoughts on, on yesterday's game. Uh, Scott, maybe some pluses and because there were positives but maybe some positives and negatives that you took out of yesterday's game well let me start by saying the the segment that you did uh where you were where you were sort of breaking down i think you could title it instead if you'd like to the way that you were saying here's the play that unfolded and then the penalty flag out, came out, and, and here's what happened instead. And so if I'm looking at what frustrates me and continues to frustrate me about the Elks this season is that they have made gains. They have been able to, whether it's via personnel or, or by gelling or, you know, just over the course of the season, some excellent plays are going to get made, but they can, they can keep themselves in games and then it always seems at the end in the points after show, like we're talking about a game that was two or three or four plays from from being within reach or uh, a game that they didn't have that full four-quarter effort in. So I thought that the Labor Day game was a pretty good example of that. They they had some positives in that Calgary is a good team fighting for playoff position that got a 300-yard or uh, no, they got uh, didn't quite get to a 300-yard game out of Jake Mayer. But I believe he played really well, and certainly in the second half anyway. It was nice to see that they stuck with him, by the way, as, a, as an aside there. Mayor, I'm saying, on the Calgary side. Um, but you're just not getting the complete effort out of this Elks team. I think that they get demoralized, and some of their leaders are um, are starting to see maybe some guys like Dylan Mitchell and hopefully guys like Kevin Brown start to really assert themselves and, and get more playing time here and be more of a focal point because obviously it's a clean slate right now. They're three and nine here as we enter week 14 of the season and they haven't beaten a team from the West. So in a lot of senses, there's nowhere for them to go, but up there's no better time for that to happen and for them to break this whole losing streak than right here in the rematch game on Saturday. Um, and I think that when you look at the performances of guys like Dylan Mitchell and Kevin Brown, and there's reason to believe that there's enough to build on. Maybe you do see them. Maybe you do see them pick up that uh, elusive victory at home field. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them uh, break it against the Stampeders. And, of course, the, the Elks are one home ice, home ice, home field. I'm slowly transitioning into hockey here. Uh, the, the record for the longest home losing streak in the CFL is 14 games. That was the Ottawa Rough Riders. 
and I'm not saying this to bug you for being younger than me, yes, Scott. That's not just before you were born. That's before a good chunk of people were born. <laughs> that the Ottawa Rough Riders, A, existed, and B, had a 14-game home losing streak in 1987 uh, and 88. The Elks are currently sitting at uh, 13. Back at practice tomorrow, so uh, we'll get more storylines and roster updates out of them. Of course, you produce Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. You've been doing our uh, post-game reporting from the Oilers dressing room for... Well, three of the last four years because we couldn't do it one year uh, <laughs> during the, uh, the the shortened 56 game season. It, it, look, it's uh, you know Speck wrote a very optimistic piece today about the Oilers. Uh, he he was on with Bob earlier today for an extended chat. You had Ryan Murray on. We had Ryan Murray on Friday night. Who, I mean, to me, that's the the biggest transformation. Well, there have been a lot, I guess. I shouldn't say the biggest. But to me, that's a significant transformation if I look at the the nine years I've been doing this job and I spent two years in your role before that. The Oilers used to sign players like Ryan Murray and say, we need you to be one of our top three defensemen. Uh, you know, an injury-riddled player who was a former high draft pick who maybe hasn't been quite as good as hoped but is still solid but not spectacular. Now they're signing players like Ryan Murray Maybe he's only going to play 50 games or 45 games, Escott. Maybe he's going to be a placeholder for some younger guys. That That's a big transformation to me, very significant. And let me flip that around. You've got a guy in Ryan Murray who wants to come to Edmonton who, who four or five years ago would have said, I'm going to need $2.2 million to play here this year. And now is willing to take probably a little bit less than market value to play in Edmonton on a team where he's going to be competing for minutes. And, you know, he said on Oilers now today, he's coming in here and he's not coming to take anybody's job per se, but he's obviously here with, some business that he wants to accomplish that being to raise another Stanley Cup he didn't get in any playoff action with Colorado last year but you know this is a player who with his veteran experience you would think in years past probably would have seen a better opportunity to win somewhere else well guess what now he's taking a bit of a discount to play in Edmonton so yeah you want to talk about a shift there's a shift right there for you yeah Okay. Uh, Scott, thanks for doing this. I, I know I'm adding a, f- a few minutes to your workday here, but uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. Of course, we'll be chatting a lot in the weeks and months ahead, man. Have a good evening. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks a lot, Reed. Sorry I'm not half as tall or half as funny as Jay. <laughs> there we go. That was pretty funny. Uh, Jay Onright is a tall man, though. That was Brendan Escott, producer of Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer and the host of our Elks broadcast here on 630 Chat. And as I pointed out, other duties as required. It is 6.50. The uh, Orioles uh, racked up some runs in the bottom of the third. Jay's now batting in the top of the fourth, and the Orioles lead that one 5-3. We will uh, get to our off-topic topic here as we move along. Your favorite Canadian sports broadcaster, play-by-play, sports anchor, reporter, whoever you, you want it to be. We'll get to some of those. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. World Junior Hockey Championship, Halifax and Moncton schedule released. Canada gets going against Czechia on Boxing Day. Defending champion Canadians in Group A. They're also going to play Sweden, Germany, and Austria along the way. They just won the tournament here 
in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago for a thrilling final game against Finland, the Mason McTavish save leading to the Johnson goal that uh, gave Canada the gold medal. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Morley Scott has the Elks this week coming up between 7.30 and 8. Usually you will find that show on Monday from 7.30 to 8, but with the Elks playing yesterday, we bumped it to Tuesday. I believe Blake's going to be on with Morley tonight, so that'll be fun to check out that one. 780-496-0063, our off-topic topic, mm-hmm. your favorite Canadian sports broadcaster, and Kellen has been a... I think we have a lot here. We might have to extend this past the 7 o'clock yeah, news as well. I can guarantee that we will be having oh, to extend this. we got this, a lot of response on this, so this will be good. I, I'm yes. curious... Curious to hear what people say. All right, Kel, let's hit me with a couple here. Okay, first one from Cowtown Bob uh, texting in tonight. Says, hey, Reed and Kellen, in my estimation, the best Canadian broadcaster is Brian Hall. I grew up listening to him do double E football and Oil King hockey. He also did the Oilers when they joined the WHA. He was also excellent at calling horse races, which is very difficult. He also hosted the topic is sports on Sunday mornings and also had a sports call-in show as well as doing sports casts in the morning and afternoons. Well, Cowtown Bob, thank you for mentioning Halsey because he is truly a legend. I think maybe sometimes we throw that word around a little too easily, but he truly is, and he's still obviously working with us, primarily on Global News Radio 880, but he's Mm -hmm. still on Ched sometimes. And I love that, first of all, Halsey has the longevity, and I do think it's important to point out the versatility. He's done play-by-play for football. He's done play-by-play for hockey. He can host a talk show. He can read sports casts. He can, uh, you know, he used to have the segment. Uh, he'd go on and banter with uh, Kevin Carius on on Sports Night or whatever they had back in the day. Like he he is truly a talented and uh, well-rounded individual. And I I know this firsthand, and you know it if you listen to him. He can push your buttons. Like I've gotten mm-hmm. into, and again, I'm I'm not in the building much anymore. And and Halsey and I, even when we when I was going into work more often, uh, our hours didn't often overlap. But I had some arguments with Halsey, where, you know, he he got me going, and I'm making my point, and then he is he was twisting the argument around and being really passionate and then by the time the we were done talking i was arguing his original point and he was arguing in favor of my original point (laughs) so we'd successfully changed each other's minds to the point that we were still arguing it was fun and don't forget, expert uh, fight song singer, too, for the, uh, at all the home games. And calling horse races as part of a, a, a charity uh, drive they had, uh, a charity initiative at, uh, at Northlands. Jonathan Huntington, remember when he was there, he right. had media people call a horse race, and I did a couple, and mm-hmm. that is extremely difficult because... I mean, there's at least six horses in a race. I can't remember. I think I had eight or something like that. And there is a lot to keep track of. Right. Yeah, if you can if you can call a horse race, you're, you're talented. Okay, good start there from Cowtown Bob. We'll get to more as we move along. 780-496-0063, your favorite Canadian sports broadcaster or broadcasters of all time. It's Inside Sports on Chen. 